I'm Jeff Hakeem, founder of MCM Wealth. Welcome to our podcast today. We do these podcasts to advise families, business owners, and health professionals. Our approach is to build customized portfolios for each client while offering comprehensive financial planning services. Thank you for joining us today on this educational journey designed to protect your future. Hello and welcome to the MCM podcast. I'm Wendy McConnell. Today we'll be discussing market volatility and we have Rick Kennedy with us who is a dental professional and MCM client. Welcome, Rick. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Wendy. Glad to be here. All right. So let's dive right on in. Like again, we're going to be talking about market volatility today. So when did you realize that you wanted to be a dentist? Good question. In high school, I started considering being a dentist and probably looking back as to how I got there, I didn't have a very good experience as a youngster growing up. My family dentist would come in and see some loose primary teeth and come in there and just pop that right out. Yank it right out. Exactly. And I had no idea it was coming and uh, it didn't make me terribly happy. So I was kind of dreading going to the dentist. And then uh, when I go into the orthodontist, I had a good experience. And I kind of thought, you know, I'd like to try to create a positive experience for patients coming to a general dentist. And so that's what kind of got me interested in, in doing that. So you're a nice dentist. You're not a yanker. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's, that's a bad word. Bad word there. You don't want to go down that road. When I was a a child, uh, they had this little treasure box. It was a literal treasure box. And there was like little toy rings and little things that that you would get if you had to have a a tooth pulled. Yeah, no, this dentist, he had these little plaster of Paris, you know, turtles and things like that. That really didn't help after the answer. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. I agree with you. There were a time or two where he told me, I'm not going to pull it yet. I'm not going to pull it yet. And then mm, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was terrifying. So yeah. um, how has your experience been then as the friendlier dentist? I'd say it's been pretty, it's not 100%. I mean, you're not going to convert everybody. But I think by and large, we've tried to, to make it comfortable when they're coming in. I've done some sedation dentistry, so that's helped those folks that have a hard time to get over the hurdle. So it's been a overall positive experience. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about investing. What has uh what's gotten your interest when it's come to investing? Probably my experience in growing up, my family was more involved with real estate and uh not so much stocks and bonds in the the general market. I kind of look back on that. And my father was a, a, my mother were products of the Great Depression. And they didn't see things too positive with stocks and bonds. And they just, uh, they were more comfortable with real estate. And so being right there in the middle of it, I could see and get his opinion on things. And so, yeah, that kind of changed how I approach things. So you didn't want to follow that lead and go into real estate yourself? Well, we did as a family, you know, some commercial buildings, some development. So I kind of got into that aspect of it with the 
the family. And that had some ups and had some downs. You know, I won't say it, it's perfect. But I knew I, I kind of wanted to try to do more in terms of investing and spread into the stocks, bonds, that avenue. What do you think led to your more hopeful attitude about it as compared to your parents? Probably just being around uh, other dentists and friends. And many of them had invested in the general market. And, and I had a consultant that worked quite a bit with us in our practice, but also had recommendations for investing. And they got us involved in some Dodge and Cox, Vanguard, mutual funds, broad market kind of investment there. Okay. So when did you start investing? Well, it got kind of delayed. Buying the practice back in 1978, I needed a loan to, uh, uh, to buy the practice. And so I, in getting that loan at that point in time, it was a prime plus two kind of note. And as you recall, I think it was right around 1980, something like so when prime hit 21 and a half, my loan was at 23 and a half percent. You're talking about interest rates now. Interest rate, yes. yes. Yeah. And so uh, that basically, my whole payment at that point was interest. Right. And, uh, so that having that burden, it took a while to get through that, and that kind of delayed it. So it was a number of years after that before we could start putting some money away. Okay. So... How did you actually get started then? You had this big loan. It was holding you down a little bit. Did you go in slowly or did you wait and then want to go all in? I went in slowly. I just didn't trust things as far as in terms of, you know, being able to say, oh, it's always going to be going up. It's always going to be going up. No, it, it goes down too. So I, I kept cash, uh, realizing that cash, it doesn't grow but it doesn't go down, you know. Uh, and it, cash is king. And cash is king, right. <laughs> so I had an investment person that I enlisted for a number of years, and it, we kind of treaded water uh, with things. And then the other markets moved slowly. So that took time to get there uh, with that. So what were your hopes then when you made your first investment? What were your expectations? Well, I was hoping things would just go up gradually and everything would be happy. <laughs> okay. How did that work out? <laughs> well, it didn't really work out quite that way. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. So what ended up happening then with the, um, you know, with your portfolio and the value? I mean, did it start to go up at some point or just was a mitigated disaster? I won't say it went all the way down because I was kind of hesitant to get all the way in. So consequently, I had cash and I was able to avoid the big drops of 2008. But in working with my CPA, my cost for many years, he introduced me to Jeff with Marin Capital Management. And what was interesting is their philosophy was, you know, let's avoid the big dips because when it, things crash and you have a lot of exposure in that, it takes longer to try to recover, get back to zero, and then get positive again. Mm -hmm. so maybe not hit home runs, maybe hit singles, but don't take the big uh, drop. And I thought that made a lot of sense. That mm -hmm. made a lot of sense. And so that kind of got me going with uh, Marin Capital Management. I wanted to get invested into the market and spread my investment beyond that and beyond real estate. I was hesitant. And so I didn't put a lot in there and that was fine with me. And, and 
I probably should have put more in to get more involved in it. Of course, I'm glad I didn't get hit too bad with 2008. But that was positive there. But yeah, I, I wanted to get more involved so I could you know, aim toward my retirement. Kind of reminds me of Jeopardy, you know, it's daily double. You, you can bet all of it, but if you're wrong, you're going to lose all of it. That's a really good comparison. Yeah. So what happened to your portfolio then when the market did indeed plunge? You know, I had some area in real estate and it continued to be okay. And as far as the, the market itself, it didn't take a huge hit. You know, because as I said, I hadn't been in it real deep. And so I didn't get a lot of uh, exposure to that. And it didn't, I should say, I also made me wonder, what about these banks and brokerage houses and all of them getting involved in this? It made you feel that you had even less control of these events that happened. Uh, and it made me more hesitant to put a lot of money in it. Yes, you kind of alluded to it here, but how did it? sit with you when you read headlines like Bear Stearns going bankrupt, the auto companies failing. And then they were even talking about, you know, the Treasury having to nationalize the banks. That's where the term, you know, too big to fail came out. Right. Right. No, that uh, uh, hearing that just made me want to put the brakes on even more you know, with that. One apple spoils the whole bunch. And that kind of view uh, uh, made me more hesitant with that. Absolutely. But you didn't get out, right? Well, I, whatever I had in there, you know, went down, but it wasn't a disaster because I was a lot in cash. Okay. So how did your relationship with money change after all of that happened? Well, I got, uh, I certainly wanted to try to find something that would help protect me in those scenarios as much as we could. That's kind of where the philosophy of uh, Marin Capital Management came through there and their their ideas on this trying to find you know they worked with investments that didn't totally mirror the the general market you know and that way they wouldn't be forced to go down in those situations they would stay a little bit above water which made a lot of sense so they tend to be more conservative and not take a lot of risks right or their risk is is hedge you know in terms of hedging you know you you hedge your risk basically and that made a lot of sense so when the country shut down in March of 2020 with the pandemic, how did you react when the stock market dropped almost 10% on March 12th and then again, 13% on the 16th? That was a very difficult time. Being shut down and the uncertainty of, of well, when are we going to come back? Uh, how are we going to come back? What are we going to be looking like when we come back? You know, and that... that uh, for my team and for myself and my family, there was all a, a lot of uncertainty with that. And of course, then the, the market went down and, you know, wow, this is really uh, getting serious. So at that point, I'm kind of looking to see how things are going to come back. Well, gradually we heard, yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to, so on June 1st, we were back in the office again, seeing patients and functioning really pretty well. And the team accepted it for the most part. We've still seen a problem in dentistry because a lot of the, the skilled people we work with, hygienists and assistants, some chose not to come back. Yeah. And so there's a, a shortage that makes the whole industry a little bit uncertain with that. But in, in, in money-wise, I thought, 
yes, crashing now, but our economy was working pretty good before the pandemic hit. So I thought we would rebound and uh, get back going again, which is pretty much what happened. Surprisingly, right? And, you know, graciously. Yes. 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 So when the market did recover in just a few months, how did that change your thinking about the ups and downs of the market? It just reinforced to me being able to uh, have some investment that's not going to be yo-yoing back and forth with every event that happens. You know, sure, things are going to go down, but if we have a little softer landing, that would feel a lot better. So I was looking to get involved in more at that point, just because it looked like it made a lot of sense with the hedging ability. So it actually made you want to do a little more. Correct. Correct. And here we are again in 2022. Uh, The stock market's down now 20%. This is the really rare time in history when the bond market is also down at the same time. So how are you thinking through this volatility? Yeah, it looks like everything's going downhill. But to me, it didn't seem like it was as bad. And I think, once again, uh, working with uh, Marin Capital Management and their fund that that is able to hedge this issue, they just keep going along in a pretty steady state and avoiding the the big dip. That's what happened uh, through December into January of 2023. How often do you actually think about your portfolio's value? Is it something that really only occurs to you when something major is happening in the market? Or is it something that you check on several times a year? Yeah, I I probably look at it maybe once a week, something like that, you know, see what's going on and and check in to see where where things are. I'm not driven to it every day and, and, oh no, it did this or it did that. That's why I have experts to look at it every day. That's right. Well, us with the 401k are told not to look at it. Don't look at it. Leave it alone. (laughs) True. That's a good point. Yes. Uh, So when you think of your investing experience, do good or bad memories dominate your thoughts? I think mostly good memories. I won't say that it's all uh, all been negative by any means. You know, I I think it's been positive and, and, uh, I think maybe I should have taken more risks in, in looking back on it. Got uh, into Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Maybe gotten involved in a few more things. But the same token, that, that opens you up to some risk uh, with that. As I've gotten older, I'm a little more risk averse. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you can play a little without risking a lot. Right. Right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Rick, for joining me today. The lovely conversation about market volatility. Everybody wants to talk about it. It's, you know, the big thing going on right now. So we appreciate your input. Thank you very much, Wendy. All right. Please like, follow and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. This is Jeff Hakeem again. Thank you for listening to this episode of our MCM Wealth Podcast. Please click the follow button to be notified of new episodes as they become available. Also, please visit our website at www.mcmwealth.com.
www.thelaughingbrook.com or call me on my direct line at 415-299-6574 so you and I can have an initial discussion. We look forward to learning about you. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of MCM Wealth. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.